Fourth overtime game for the Capitals. It's the third. And here's a chance for Barkov right in, and he scores! It's Reinhardt, the winner, just 15 seconds into overtime. Seven of the Mavs points here in the fourth. On the draw, one back to Nylander. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. morning to you for this Thursday, November 9th. Another solid weekend looking ahead temperature-wise. Minus one today coming into the station. Not too bad, not too bad, but looking for sevens, eights, and nines for the weekend. A great opportunity to go out and enjoy uh, a great weekend. And if you can, maybe take in a Remembrance Day ceremony. We kind of heard that Commercial the uh, that was aired on 1440 just a little while ago in the last 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, if you get a chance, go out. Uh, I mean, they're the reason why we're here. Buy a poppy. Uh, wear a poppy. Uh, we're efforting, actually, hopefully tomorrow uh, on the program, Dominique LaRocque, who is uh, the goaltender for the national para-ice team and was serving with our country in... Afghanistan lost his leg and has turned into a, like a, one of the best goalies in the world. So hopefully we can get Dominic LaRocque on the program uh, tomorrow. That's uh, something we're kind of efforting for today. Again, it's a, it's a very, you know, Remembrance Day weekend is always a special time to get back. And, and I mean, that's the reason that we're here. A lot of these, you know, the ultimate sacrifice. So uh, hopefully you can get out and, and maybe take in a, a ceremony and wear a poppy. And I know there's one in the mall here at West Edmonton on Saturday and they're across the city and the Legion's a, a great place to go and sit down and, and you know, just kind of share some memories and things like that. So uh, maybe you can get out and do that this weekend. Tonight, the Edmonton Oilers take on the San Jose Sharks. 2-8-1 versus 1-10-1. It's the bottom of the basement dwellers in the West. So, yesterday, message sent, I guess. Wake-up call. I guess it was sent two days ago with Jack Campbell being sent to, not sent, put on waivers, but sent down. We all knew it would happen. I mean, just basically, that's what we knew it would happen. So what's the response? What are we going to see from the Edmonton Oilers tonight? Send us a text, one 401 Text line's open. That's also the same number if you want to send us a call. You want to do a little chit-chat this morning in the first 10, 15 minutes. We've got some time before we get to our guests at 720. 1-833-401-1440. Now, so what's the response? Where are you going to see and what are you going to see from the Edmonton Oilers? Because if you're going to back up what you said yesterday and what you feel, you had a teammate, one of your best friends. This is a guy that you say is one of the glues in the locker room, a guy that basically is taking the bullet for a lot of the guys on the team who have not played well. He's the guy that's been the sacrificial lamb here being sent down. He's the guy that's taking the heat. He's the guy that's going to Bakersfield. So what's your response going to be to get your game back to where it has to be? And then if Jack Campbell does his job, he gets his game where it has to be. 
and gets another opportunity. That's a lot of ifs. That's a lot of ifs the way things are going right now. How does the team respond? Uh, text coming in, Compro Evolution. Yesterday morning, I asked for your thoughts about Matthews in 97 and how they played the position in the game. Watching those Leafs tonight and how their rookies are last night, Nice, uh, nice and Robertson, play the game with energy against Holloway and Lavoie. Comparisons, what are your thoughts? Well, I actually, this was this came in last night. I just didn't see it. I thought it was 8-18, different time zone, whatever. Uh, so it came in last night. <laughs> it was probably sent before the Leafs... Uh, got pounded by Ottawa in the latter stages of the game. So, I mean, how are the comparisons? <laughs> it's simple. I, I still think that the Leafs right now are outscoring their defensive problems. You saw that last night. The Oilers have not been able to do that. Stair Farmer chimes in. Good morning, boys. Will the Oilers come out and play hard or keep on the same track? The thing is no one knows what this year's Oilers will do. Hey, we got an Elks text from Cards. Hey, Kev Dog. I've never been called the Kev Dog. Duke, what do you think? I've never been called the Kev Dog in my life before. Very hip. Very I, cool. That's, is that what that is? That's hip? Nah. I don't know if I'm the right person to ask what's hip or a not. Lot of people I think ca- it's pretty hip. A lot of people call each other dog and stuff like that, right? What's I mean, up, dog? What's up, dog? Yeah. I don't know. I don't mind it. <laughs> I mean, let's go with it. I don't know. Uh, the future is looking bright for the Elks next year. Lots of young guys who battle lots of adversity this year and matured throughout the year. If there's one guy that can get this team on track, it's Chris Jones. That comes from cards. Uh, father Eden again, uh, the father of Arius. No relation. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, he, he comes in with these comments. I don't even know. I start reading him, and then I go at the end, and I go... I mean, it's kind of funny. I know. What do you, is it sort of funny, Duke? Is it uh, kind of funny? Are you familiar with the film by uh, Ashton Kutcher and I can't remember who was the other, uh, Sean William Scott, I think, yeah, <laughs> called Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah, I, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, so okay. I think that's a play on what uh, Eden is, okay. is getting at here. I know, you know what? So, father of Arius, no relation. Good morning, Kevin. Could uh, could you provide some clarity on the rumor I heard floating around? Obviously, he's making this up. It's not a rumor. Is it true that CeCe and Eckholm are shooting a movie this upcoming offseason? I heard it's a comedy called Dude, Where's My Defensive Partner? Okay. It's not bad. It's, you know, for 7.07 in the morning. We'll let her slide. Arius. Um, the one thing, listening to comments from the Oilers yesterday, in particular, Jay Woodcroft, the one thing that I kind of raised an eyebrow on, set off an alarm, is his one quote, and we're going to get some Jay Woodcroft video, or sorry, uh, audio at 720, or pardon me, 740. And this was about Jack Campbell being sent down. Jay Woodcroft's line is, you can't be trotting the same things out, meaning something had to give. And that was Jack Campbell being placed on waivers and sent down to Bakersfield. But he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth, is he not? By saying you can't trot the same things out because he's had the ability to limit players' ice time, to get players' attention for accountability, but he's not done that at certain times. We had Mark Spector on yesterday. I think his line was, and I'm paraphrasing, Jay Woodcroft might like a little bit of a do-over on certain things that he's done this year. And that is probably one of them. And we don't have to name names. 
We know who all the players are who are not performing to their level. We all saw what happened with Jonathan Huberto. We've seen what happened with Johnny Gaudreau. These players have all had some rest, as Grant Fuhrer puts it. It's a big day for the Oilers. They have to come out with a victory tonight in San Jose. Have to. There's no question. Connor McDavid, no goals in the last six games. Mark Spector wrote the piece on McDavid about how he is not 100%. He will not admit it. But where to moving forward? One aspect from yesterday that just because of everything that's happened in the last week or two with skate blades and skates, uh, we've had Jeff Baker on from the Seattle Times. Covers the Seattle Kraken. And yesterday, Jordan Eberle suffered a cut, the former Oiler. Uh, it was the upper part of his leg. And it was in practice. It looks like it's not serious, 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 but it was a deep cut, according to Ron Francis, the GM of Seattle. And, I mean, this is Jeff Baker doing the the article, and Jeff's a wonderful reporter. Uh, Francis said, quote, they're going to do an MRI to see if it got a tendon. Don't know that yet. It wasn't a gusher, but it was a deep cut. So they're taking all precautionaries. Francis said, I think we dodged a bullet. But again, skate cuts have been in the news a lot for the last two weeks and everyone knows and we've been talking about Kevlar protection and, you know, not cut proof, but cut resistant materials. They're talking about body suits, something like, you know, what, what, what the speed skaters wear and things like that, where, you know, and a lot of the players are wearing, they're wearing all the, the stuff on the next in certain levels and some of the players in the NHL are starting to do it as well. So uh, check out Jeff Baker's article in the Seattle Times if you want to have a look at, check out uh, what exactly is going on with Jordan Everly. Jordan Everly still has a ton of fans, ton of followers, ton of close, close friends in Edmonton. Was a wonderful oiler in uh, Edmonton for many, many years. So Duke, here's a question for you. If you were to do the NHL power rankings today, who would you have at the top of the list? We know who's at the bottom. <laughs> who would you have at the top of the list and maybe why? And I mean, I know who you're going to say. So I, I, I'm still going to ask you, though. I uh, it, it, It's a toss-up between the two leading teams in their okay. respective conferences right now between Vegas and uh, Boston, who I almost want to give the edge to Boston just because of what was expected of them is coming into the season, a record-setting season uh, last uh, last time around. They lose their top two centers on the depth chart, and they come in and don't really seem to skip a beat. Uh, mm-hmm. Guys stepping up into bigger roles, uh, young players coming to the forefront, Matthew Poitras, and their goaltending continues to be phenomenal, uh, something I think uh, probably almost every Oilers fan is pretty envious of at this point. Two guys rolling off each other on a nightly basis. So okay. I'll give the edge to Boston just because we, we knew what Vegas was. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions, but Boston, off the disappointment, okay. the lack of roster depth, they come out and, and are still first place in the conference. So I'll go Boston. He's going to go Boston. Okay. I am going to take, after watching last night's game, the LA Kings are the top power-ranked team in the NHL for me. They went into Vegas last night 1-4-1. They had a 3-0 lead. Played superbly. The Kings were... They had one mistake. They had one mistake last night that I saw that was an egregious mistake, ended up in the back of their net. It was with six minutes left in the third period. They played their defensive system to a T. 
They played the neutral zone to a T. They have depth. They have size. Spence on the back end is a guy that no one has really heard of. Can quarterback the power play. Was Looked like he had done this his whole entire life with the Kings. Drew Doughty is coming on to be one of the top rear guards in goal. And then we saw Cam Talbot last night in goal for L.A., who was phenomenal, gave up the one goal late. My power ranking for number one team after watching that game last night, even though they have less points, they're also seven straight wins on the road. Most of their wins have been, most of their schedule has been on the road. They've played double the games pretty well on the road that they have at home. So that's my pick, Duke. That's my pick. Number one power-ranked team right now, L.A. Kings. Text coming in and give us a call, 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440 as well. Text from Kyle in Millwoods. Kings win again. Let's go, baby. Pillman says, good morning, gentlemen. I have a good feeling about the orders tonight, but if we lose, then we have as many wins as the Sharks. The two teams will be tied for last if the Sharks win in regulation. Speaking of regulation, I was talking to the uh, the donkeys next door, Duke, Terry Evans, and I call him Pete Panotsky, but it's Pete Piscopo at uh, K97. He was having a dart when, I don't know if he's having a dart when you come in at certain times or going out or whatever. Anyway, old Pete's having a dart and says, Evans and I will be $10,000 richer tonight with our $10 wager on whatever on the Oilers game so he rattled off quite a number of things Dylan Holloway has to score the game has to go to overtime there were uh I think two goals in the first 10 minutes it went on and on and on it was a $10 bet for $10,000 what do you think Duke not happening is it if I would wouldn't it be great to come in here come in here tomorrow and they're whooping it up in there Maybe they'll buy us lunch. Well, you know, they slide in here every Friday for Bonton and steak. And <laughs> surprised they didn't sniff out that wine from Doug Hicks the other day. <laughs> Stare Farmer says, go Oilers, go. Have to try and stay positive. Hope they can turn it around. We come out flying in the first. Skinner will stand on his head. Second and third will be dull. Oilers win by one. That's assuming Stuart Skinner gets the start in goal. When we come back, we're going to talk a little hockey, but some kind of hockey that you probably don't think we're going to be talking about, and that is the Under-17 World Hockey Challenge that's going on in Prince Edward Island right now. And then this is outstanding hockey. These, This is the future of where, you know, the the excellence of hockey in Canada comes from, the, the, ex, the, the program of excellence in Canada. This is exactly where these players start. It's their first taste of to feel what it's like to put on, you know, on a, on a level like this, to put on the maple leaf on the sweater. So we'll check in with uh, Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff covering this tournament. Going to be, you know, a lot of young, young guys that you probably haven't heard of, but there's a couple local guys, a couple guys in the WHL that are already making waves in the WHL and from Edmonton and area that are playing extremely well. Stephen Ellis will comment on that when we come back after the break. Ladislav Schmid will co-host from 8 to 10 with us. It's Thursday, so that means a doubleheader. Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli, Sportsnet, Daily Faceoff. 
Uh, bang, bang, double barrel, Oilers, NHL, right on the 8 o'clock hour. At 9 o'clock, Arda Okel from the NHL on ESPN will guess with us. And then how about at 9.20? I mean, we had Biz Nasty on. This is where we get the guests. We get the guests. Ryan Whitney from Spittin' Chicklets will check in at 9.20. Imagine Ryan Whitney and Laddie Schmid for 15 minutes, Duke. What I mean, you and I will just maybe leave the building. Zip into the mall for a while. Anybody that uh, follows Wit on Twitter knows he has more than a few uh, concerns about this Oilers team, and he says once an Oiler, always an Oiler. He's been on the bandwagon here for a number of seasons now, so I'm really interested to hear what uh, Wit has to say heading into tonight's uh, Sharks game. <laughs> he will have a lot to say. little new kind of thing for us, a little segment we're going to call Are You In or Are You Out at 940. And then Terrace Sloan. How about Terrace? What a wonderful, I mean, a wonderful career. Terrace Sloan has been in the entertainment industry for, holy moly, three decades, maybe more. Now she's with the San Jose Sharks as the rinkside reporter. She is a contributor to the website, to other things, doing some work for NBC out there. So Terrace Sloan. We'll guess with us at 1020. I mean, for so many years, like a decade with Ron McLean and hometown hockey on Rogers Sportsnet, it was, you know, those were good segments. It's the grassroots. It's the community. That's what, you know, you're building, trying to get everything all about. That's what it's all about. When we come back, Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff will be our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. I'm not sure if it's an ordinary day for the Oilers, Duke, but uh, they sure could use a win tonight. In San Jose, and then Saturday in Seattle. So a couple of late road games. Tonight, 8.30, it'll be an 8.40 puck drop by the time things get rolling. So it'll be a long night watching that game. And then I got back up here early in the morning tomorrow, Duke. Uh, let's welcome in from Daily Faceoff, Stephen Ellis, who's been checking things out uh, with the under-17 World Hockey Challenge in Prince Edward Island. Good morning, Stephen. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Hey, how you doing? Doing great today, Stephen. How are you covering these young, fine hockey players that are just on the cusp of, you know, trying to make a name for themselves? It's been a lot of fun to watch, you know. This is kind of a busy time for hockey. You know, there's the under-18 Five Nations tournament going on in, in Finland. There's like about 30 different international events going on, so there's a lot to watch, but kind of being able to watch Canada play at home is always fun. So it'll be Canada Red versus Canada White today in quarterfinal action. Two teams got buys in this under-17 hockey challenge. Uh, USA and Sweden got buys to the semifinals. What are you expecting in this? Well, we do know that one Canadian team is going to make it to the semifinals. Um, so what are you expecting in this game today between Canada Red and Canada White? It's kind of funny when you look at the you know the the, the progression of this tournament the last couple of days where it was uh, five games in six days, and you could tell those players were getting exhausted. But just kind of seeing some of the teams that we thought at the beginning were looking really bad, like Finland struggled out of the gate, and then all of a sudden they get two wins off, and they're the fourth seed, and they, they might even go out there and beat the Czechs. But with Canada Red, I think they're the favorites there. Uh, one player to watch on that team is Gavin McKenna. Uh, and obviously, if you don't know his story, mm -hmm. he's the top prospect for 2026. Uh, his cousin is Connor Bedard. So he comes from kind of good uh, hockey bloodlines, I'd say, there. But he's been just absolutely 
one of the most exciting players I've seen in a long time. He's scoring at an incredible rate. He actually got the game-winning goal for Canada Red against the United States a couple nights ago. And his uh, line mate, Cole Reshne, another WHL player, is one of the other guys that has really caught my eye as maybe one of the best playmakers in this tournament. So Red's definitely the favorite, but White is a scrappy team that's been getting some you know, decent defensive efforts out there, and they could shut you down. I think a lot of our listeners, as we speak with Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff, wonder how the teams get selected. So can you touch on the selection process? Who decides who's playing for Canada Red, who's playing for Canada White? You know, a lot of it, I've asked Hockey Canada, and they won't tell you too much other than a lot of it is actually quite random. Hmm. Uh, in previous years, we used to see five teams from Canada at this yeah. tournament. Most the last couple of years, it was three. Now they did just two to keep it at an even six teams. But, you know, they look for some situations where you can find some chemistry, you see some talented guys together. But you don't want to stack one team with all the best defensemen or all the goal scorers. But uh, I'd say this year it's been pretty equal in terms of pure talent, but uh, it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, Gavin McKenna is a player that you mentioned. We had Willie Desjardins on from Medicine Hat Tigers as head coach with the Tigers. Gavin is from the Yukon Territories and Whitehorse. Can you speak to his journey to get to exactly where he is right now? Because, you know, it's kind of a fascinating story in the sense that he's, you know, he's made this commitment early on in his career and it's paying off so far and he has a, a bright future lying ahead of him. Yeah, he's been playing a lot of his minor hockey kind of in in the Kelowna, BC area type thing. And uh, obviously, again, he's been able to lean on Connor Bedard uh, for some advice throughout all this, and especially for the draft year. But for McKenna, like the numbers we're seeing from him, he's on pace for over 90 points this year in the WHL with Medicine Hat. If he's able to do that, that is one of the best you like best 16 year old seasons we've seen in in 20 years in the mm-hmm. WHL. You look at some of the numbers back in the old days when goalies didn't exactly exist in the league, but now it's a lot more a lot tougher to put up the numbers that he's putting up. It's impressive. So we've seen at this tournament that he could be clutch. He's got a great shot. He's a, just never quits battling. So uh, Canada Red has not had a perfect tournament, but he's been the guy every single game when I'm writing down the notes. No matter mm-hmm. what, I'm finding something really positive about him. Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff is our guest on the Sports 1440. Is he in the World Junior conversation? I don't think so. I think that this Canadian team's going to be looking pretty strong, uh, but I do think that he'll definitely be at the uh, next year's World Juniors for sure. One other local player that we wanted to touch on, Stephen, is Braden Coots from Sherwood Park. Plays for the Seattle Thunderbirds and another forward on this team from Sherwood Park, and he played his minor hockey in Sherwood Park before going to Yale and then ended up back in Sherwood Park. What can you tell us about this young player? He was not a guy that I was too familiar with heading into this tournament, but right now he's been one of the best net front players that I've seen. You know, just park him in front of the net. He's being able to create opportunities there. He's looked really good the last two games. He's got three of his four points uh, against USA and Sweden. And, you know, that Sweden game where Canada was losing like 4 or 5 1 in the first period, it was an ugly game. But Coots was one of the guys that just showed up every shift, and, you know, he was putting the effort in. So uh, I've liked what I've seen. I went back and watched a bit of his clips from Seattle, and this guy's a workhorse. This is a guy that works so hard, you know, not a big guy, but he's willing to put in the, the effort. He's willing to get in front of the net and get pushed around to create plays, and uh, it looks pretty good so far. So Czech and Finland in the other quarterfinal as we speak to Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff. How does that matchup shape up, and then can you kind of touch on what we can expect tomorrow in the semifinals? It's 
you know, the Czechs in Finland, it's just two teams kind of going on different runs right now where the Czechs looked uh, very good against the two Canadian teams, but they've been pretty bad ever since. And Finland just struggled out of the gate, but they've been able to figure it out. I think for these two teams, it's just, you know, defensive mistakes uh, have been issues for them in this tournament. Both have been getting great goaltending. That hasn't been a problem. So they just got to keep, you know, close, uh, clearing it up, uh, cleaning it up, sorry, in their own mm-hmm. zone. Uh, in terms of tomorrow, you know, the United States are just on an absolute dominant tear right now. They got the top four scorers in the tournament, including William Moore, who grew up in Canada, played all his hockey in Canada, but his family's American, so he's representing them. Uh, the Americans, I think, are the favorites no matter who they play, but uh, you're also looking at Sweden. that just They're scoring by committee right now, and they're getting goals from everybody. They've had a couple of hat-tricks in the last couple of games, so uh, I would not want to be having to face Sweden right now. Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff on Sports 1440. It's the World Under-17 Hockey Challenge in Prince Edward Island. Things wrap up this weekend. Quarterfinals today, Canada Red takes on Canada White. So you did touch on the American powerhouse team. How much does the USA Hockey Development Program have to do with the amount of young talent and the quality of talent that the USA is churning out right now? For sure. It's one of the best development programs you could possibly find in hockey. And it's one that I don't think we'll see Hockey Canada do. I think if, if they wanted to do that at this point, we would have seen it. And I don't think it's the CHL teams would love it. But when it comes to the United States, you see these guys, they're playing against college teams. They're playing against USHL teams. They're never playing a bad opponent. And they're always being challenged for that. And I think that's great. And when they come out to a tournament like this where – some of these, like you look at Canada red and white, again, they don't really know each other as players from all over the place, as opposed to this American team that's been training together since spring and playing together since uh, September. Like that's, that goes a long way, but they continue to find some of the best talent. Uh, last year uh, at the same tournament, we saw Cole Iserman and James Haggins just absolutely put an absolute tear, like the best numbers we've seen ever at this tournament. And we're talking about guys like McDavid and, and, and Ovechkin and, uh, guys like that that have played at this tournament so to get the record numbers it's huge and USA just keeps putting up these great results keeps keeps turning out these great players so I think it was tough to get a good read on this group um, heading into this tournament they've struggled this year but right now we're seeing a team that just looks kind of stacked on every single line and that's just the case every year when it comes to the development team at any level. Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 wouldn't mind switching gears a little bit, Steve, and talk about uh, the draft and the 2024 prospects uh, because these kids that we have been talking about are ways down the road. Is there anyone in the last couple of months, I guess you could say, that has caught your eye, that has risen up the rankings in your mind for 2024? With good time, I put, put on my uh, draft rankings yesterday, and I think the the biggest mover for sure for me was Caden Lindstrom uh, out of Medicine Hat. He's six foot five. He skates really well, good defensively. He's kind of got the traits that you're looking for out of a smaller player plus the size. Uh, so I think that's really exciting there. Where I, I'm not sure a lot of people had him as like a top 15 pick heading into the season, and now talking to scouts, some are thinking top five, top four. So uh, he's one that I, I think a lot of people are really getting excited about. And in kind of a similar uh, vein is Anton Siliev, a, a six foot eight defenseman out of Russia, yes. who's looking a lot like Victor <laughs> Hedman at the same age. He's just absolutely dominant, and he's about to set the record for the U18 scoring. Uh, in a single season, and he's a defenseman, and that's beating out Tarasenko, Kaprizov, Mitchkov. So that's quite something for a guy that big. Well, I mean, he, how's he even growing in, into his body right now? 
at this point, it, it, I almost feel like he's still growing because we're looking at him last year. He was six six, so he's still growing. But it's it, 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 a guy that is a guy who's figured out how to be quick, how to be mobile at that size is kind of unheard of. I just can't believe it. And, I mean, he's not done growing yet, as you say. Uh, Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, you did have in your article about Adam Jekyll from the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. What have you seen from a young player that's right in our backyard here? Yeah, he's been kind of on the draft radar for a few years now. You look at him playing at all these international tournaments, and part of that was because he was always just so physically strong and, and smart for his age. So he was able to play against older competition, and I think that goes a long way. I don't think we're talking about a you know a top six mm-hmm. player in the NHL, but we're looking at a guy who, again, who's got the size of six foot five, can move very well, very good in his own zone. Uh, not really kind of any major flaws to his game. I think you know offensively, we're just looking to see him unlock. That. That a bit more, but he's starting to get a little bit better of every game, which, you know, coming from Europe to go play in Edmonton, that's a big culture change, obviously, mm-hmm. for a young teenager. But I think that just the fact that we've seen him kind of get better with every single game and every week I'm watching him and saying, like, yeah, there's there's improvement here, just the way he's looking more confident, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a first-round pick. Is there anyone else on the Oil Kings that maybe has caught your eye that's moving up a little bit and maybe developing uh, quicker, better than you thought uh, at this time, you know, maybe last year or earlier in the season? You know, you know I can't honestly mm-hmm. pick uh, any uh, any single player, to be yeah. honest. It's, it's tough. I mean, the projection that you have to do with these kids is just amazing. But you do a wonderful job on it, Stephen. I just wanted to throw that one out at you just in case there's someone on the Oil Kings roster that I was uh, missing because uh, you watch more guys at this age than anyone that I know. So appreciate your time today, Stephen. Uh, have fun watching the rest of this World Under-17 Hockey Challenge. You know, the, the hockey is just so different because even though the players are trying to be their best in, uh, you know, structurally and defensively, there's still a lot of mistakes and that's what happens at this age doesn't it so every single player is just going full out and you can see the mistakes but you can see the excitement too Mm -hmm. everyone celebrates every goal like it's their last (laughs) that's what's so cool about these young players thanks very much for coming on today steven yep thanks so much that's steven ellis from the daily face-off check out his stuff he goes through more rankings I don't know. I think we had him on about a month and a half ago, Duke. Does that sound about right? About a month and a half? We had him on right near the start of the launch and then another time uh, kind of towards yeah. the end of September. Okay. So this was, was his third, a month third, third time on month the program. And a half. Yeah. So, and I said, well, where do, how do you watch? Like, you know, and he's like, where do you watch? Well, he's watching in person, which is a big deal. He gets the affordability around the Toronto area to go to you know, about four or five locales to watch these players. And not only that, then he's watching tons and tons, you know, obviously online and watching games and things like that. So when we come back, more of your texts. We'll get to them, one 1440 Open line time. Give us a call. We want to talk to you. We really do. The Duke wants to talk to you. one same number, 401-1440. We'll get to some of those comments. Plus some uh, sound yesterday from Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft following their practice practice in UBC and heading into the game tonight in San Jose. It's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Well, you know, I, I, I can't even believe that I'm going to be admitting this to you, Duke. So, Brian Adams, it's our, it's our every day during our first break at 740, our second break technically, is the Duke plays Brian Adams. So, it's his, it's his buddy. It's his, one of his favorite top 10 singers of all time. So, Last night, Duke, as I'm flicking through the channels during a commercial break of the Vegas-LA Kings game, 
The mass Singer is on. <laughs> I can't believe that I'm admitting this. Anyway, I don't know if you've, uh, how many times you've watched it, if you're, if it's on at the same time as Farming for Love or whatever, or what, Duke, but have you ever watched The Masked Singer? And I know what the answer is. Uh, I, I have, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, all I, right. I actually, Duke, I, I'm a sucker for shows like that. I just love watching talented people. So mm-hmm. everybody on that show, like, we don't know, you know, who they are, but they're all very good singers. And, and my dad, like, when I was back living at the farm, too, he <laughs> eats that stuff yeah. up. Like, that, American Idol, uh, The Voice, all that stuff. Like, because they're on later at night. Yeah. So when you get in from chores in the evening, it's still, yeah. you're watching it, uh, you know, quote, unquote, live or whatever the case. So uh, that was a very popular program in the uh, Douglas Farms household. So anyway, one of the guys that was behind one of the masks last night, they guessed, and then one guy said, is it Brian Adams? And I immediately thought of you, of course. (laughs) So when I think, and then I waited around, I had to flick back and forth to go to see if, if it, it was, was Brian Adams, but I don't think he was revealed. I, I can't. Yeah, they only they only they reveal like one the guy, one. one person per show or one episode usually. So uh, <laughs> if he, if it's Brian Adams and he's that good, he'll probably be right till the end. He'll probably win it. He's the best singer. So I think he was dressed as the anteater last night. I can't oh my remember. God. Yeah, you know. Does your dad watch The Golden Bachelor too? Then now he must be watching that. No, that what? Yeah, very different uh, type of programming <laughs> you're talking about. That not as much so up my dad's alley. Like if it was on, would he watch it? He'd be like, "What the heck is this? What's going on?" I bet he would watch it. He'll watch just about anything. He loves ridiculousness. That's on for twelve hours a day on MTV. So when he comes in for lunch, he just throws that on. There's- loves watch. It's it's basically like a different type of like America's Funniest Home Videos. Like it's just clips and like online videos of people okay. hurting themselves and doing ridiculous oh, okay. things, like yeah. silly things. So, yeah. You know, I think I have the in-laws watching The Golden Bachelor now. They love it. They love that program. Can't take their eyes off it. Oilers taking on the uh, San Jose Sharks tonight. Oilers 2-8-1. and one. Sharks 1-10-1. We were talking about a message being sent, a wake-up call, these are some of the these are some of the questions that were asked to Jay Woodcroft yesterday, and they were asked in the sense of Jack Campbell is the guy that's being the fall guy here, put on waivers, sent to Bakersfield, great teammate, players love him, one of Zach Hyman's best buddies, Evander Kane's best buddies, one of my best friends on the team said yesterday. So he's the guy that's taking the fall here. He is going down to Baker now. What's your response? Are you saying, I let my one of my best friends down. I let him down. I let him down. So Jay Woodcroft was uh, addressed a few subjects, talking about moving forward, things like that. And then one, again, we touched on it off the top. The one thing that kind of caught my ear and eye was Jay saying, trotting the same guys out. With all due respect, his hands have been tied with the roster. He hasn't been able to do a lot of roster shuffling, a lot of maybe taking ice away at certain times of the game, certain times because of the roster construction. But here's what Jay Woodcroft had to say yesterday to the media following practice in Vancouver at UBC. When a player like Jack Campbell gets sent down the way he did, he's a very popular player on your team. Uh, how does a coach manage, I don't want to call it follow, but how do you make sure that it doesn't have too negative an impact on the guys in your room? I didn't see any negative impact at all. Obviously, Jack's a, a popular teammate. Um, you know, maybe it serves as a little bit of a wake-up call for a lot of guys. 
Uh, Calvin Pickard gets the recall uh, as of this afternoon. Uh, 9.39 save percentage. Just a body of work, and your familiarity with uh, Calvin Pickard and as a pro. Yeah, another good teammate. Anytime he's been around our team, he fit in. Um, you know, his start speaks for itself. Numbers speak for themselves. Um, you know, both him and Olivier Rodrigue are uh, off to a really, really good start. Have won some games for that team down there. Uh, has, have kept their teams in, in games. And, you know, for picks to come up, um, it's, it's a great opportunity for him. He has NHL experience. But, um, you know, I would say it's an opportunity for Jack Campbell, too. Him and I talked about this yesterday. It's an opportunity for him to go play a lot, refine some aspects of his game, uh, get back to feeling confident, and uh, we'll, we'll see where he ends up. But, um, you know, we, we're painting this as a positive for Jack, and certainly for picks to earn the recall, that's good on him as well. You said sending Campbell down sends a message. What message is that? that are you sending to the rest of the team? Well, it's an organizational decision. First of all, um, the message that that it gets sent is, um, you know, we're two eight and one. For us to come back and just keep putting trotting uh, the same thing out, um, can't do that. Not acceptable. Uh, unfortunately, for someone of Jack's character. And someone who's such a great teammate, he's one of those pieces that is being, um, you know, forced to move. He's forced to go down to Bakersfield. That's that's not fun. That's not fun for any of his teammates. It's not fun for his coaches. Not fun for the managers. Um, you know. But over the last little while, we've seen Philip Robert pay that price. We've seen Adam Ernie pay that price. These are good people. But in the end, the Edmonton Oilers are about searching to find ways uh, to put something together here. We've had good moments, as I said to Tony, um, but they haven't been enough. We're looking for uh, solutions. My experience, my 20 years, usually um, real solutions hide in plain sight. Would there be more messages to be sent? Well, we'll see. We'll see how the team responds to this uh, this message. Um, we're expecting to play our best game of the season tomorrow. Had a good day today. Expecting to play our best game of the year tomorrow. That's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after practice yesterday at UBC. It's funny when yesterday morning, Duke, we're almost one of the keywords that we used at the top was solutions. You got to find a solution, and then. Jay Woodcroft uses the same word five, six hours later in his uh, post-practice availability. So, again, when he's saying trotting the same guys out, his hands have been tied because of the roster construction of this organization. Send us in a text, one 401 Give us a call, same number, one 401 Let's get you involved this morning. So you heard Jay Woodcroft being asked about Cal Pickard. Who starts tonight? We don't know yet. It hasn't been announced. It'll be announced in probably three hours or so, a little bit better, when the others have their morning skate. Is it Cal Pickard? Is it Stu Skinner? Who would you like to see in net? Tonight, Doug Jones texts in, are players actually saying Jack Campbell is taking the fall? Maybe they don't say it in exactly like that, but they are feeling it. There is no question, Doug, that they are feeling this. How do you feel when you let someone down? 
yes, Jack Campbell hasn't played to the level that he needs to play at, the level that he wants to play at. Everyone knows that. He also has made a lot of five-bell saves. He's made some great saves. We talked about the soup ladle earlier this year. He's made some great saves, but he's let some stinkers in. Stu Skinner, same thing. It's a team concept here, and that's what we're trying to parlay to you. And I think that's what the Oilers players and coaches said yesterday about trying to, you know, they're not saying, well, Jack Campbell's the guy that we had no choice. He has to go down because we have to make an example of someone and he needs to be the fall guy. He needs to be made an example. But there's no doubt on anyone's mind when those players went to bed on Tuesday night and... It was announced that Jack Campbell's being put on waivers at noon. When they went to bed after the rookie dinner and things like that, they all felt bad. They felt like crap because they let one of their own guys down. They let one of their own guys down. Here's another. Let's let's throw another kind of a question out there to our our listeners. And this is something that I've and we can talk about this even when Laddie comes in here in about 10 minutes. For years, for years, the word culture was created and it was the buzzword. We need to create a new culture. We need to do this and and culture, culture. Does anyone ever said what that exactly means? What does that mean to you when a team needs to find a new culture? It's been said for years, especially in hockey. We don't see it in other sports. In hockey, it was the buzzword for years and years and years. What does that mean? What's that mean to you, to one of our listeners? What's culture mean? Maybe Laddie can explain it. Maybe he can say, what's culture? Because you know what? There isn't a definitive answer in my mind. Culture in my mind is when you sit in a locker room and you're looking at the guy next to you and you look in his eyes and you see that he has the same fire, the same intensity, the same passion, the same goals as you do. And if you look around that room, in my mind, that's what culture is. That's, that's what has to, where everyone has to be on the same page. Everyone said it. You can go back to a hundred media conferences. Well, we need to get a new culture in here. Need to find culture. What's the definition? What's the meaning? Text coming in, one 401 Doug Jones. Hey, thank you, Doug. Great answer to my text. Uh, Doug also kind of went on about Campbell, and he was he had a tough time. I think he was voice texting, so he said something about being a nice guy, but we don't need nice guys on this hockey team. We need winners. You can probably be both. I agree with you, Doug. You need winners, and winners... Can, can be nice guys. Tim. Guys, Woodcroft and accountability in the same sentence don't correlate. He's giving Ryan McLeod first line ice time after holding out for more money. I don't know if that's holding out for I mean, he still took a hometown or a pay cut discount, whatever you want to call it, after being brutal in the first 10 games. Bouchard has never paid for his inadequacies. Nurse CC, 12 million plus of D-pair have been the least impressive from a leadership role. You can sign the contract, but if you can't perform at that level, well, epic fail. That comes from Tim. 
Craig and I think it's Craig. I don't know if he's in the Red Deer Craig or whatever, but I think you have it wrong when you say that Jack Campbell was let down by his teammates. Jack Campbell let his teammates down. We said that Jack Campbell hasn't been as good as he could be. But every guy in, in the locker room feels that he let Jack Campbell down, let Stuart Skinner down to some extent, because when you break down all the goals, yeah, there's some bad ones that went in. But there's some bad, bad defensive coverages, bad everything. When we come back, top of the hour, it's jacked, it's stoked, it's everything you want to talk about. We've got Ladislav Schmid, our co-host, 8 to 10. We'll have Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli. Can you beat that? It's all coming up on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show. Before that, sports update, a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Hey, wear an NFL jersey tonight to the West Edmonton Mall location at First Round. Ask for Mark Levers and get 50% off wings. Here's the Duke, Brandon Douglas.